the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Jesus says, yes, you have power, but your power comes from above. Your power comes from God. Which means you'll have to answer to God one day for how you use that power. You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, it says, What do you have that you did not receive from God? Everything that you have, you receive from God. And one day we will have to give an account to Jesus Christ for what we did with what he gave us, how we stewarded the things that he entrusted to us. As Pastor Dan continues his teaching series through the Gospel of John, he'll be exhorting you to be good stewards of everything God has entrusted to you. As a Christian, you won't be judged in terms of if you're going to heaven or hell. You will, however, have to give an account to God for what you've done here on this earth. You'll be rewarded based on your obedience to the Holy Spirit and how you used your spiritual gifts to further God's kingdom on earth. If you were before God's throne now, would you have regrets? Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of John chapter 19 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Genesis chapter 3, verse 18, we're told that thorns are the result of Adam's sin in the garden, right? Remember that? Because of Adam's sin, God said, cursed is the ground for your sake. Thorns and thistles they will bring forth. Jesus died to remove the curse of sin. And thorns are a symbol of the curse of sin on the world. And he's crowned with thorns. God made him who knew no sin to become sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. He became sin. The Bible says he became our sin and was punished for us. The Bible says that Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. Jesus became a curse for us. And that crown of thorns was placed on his head He's crowned with the emblem of the curse. And they place on him a purple robe. This was, this was probably a military robe that belonged to one of the Roman soldiers. And again, he's, he's just gone through a scourging, and so that robe probably stuck to the drying blood and tissue. And when they removed that robe off of him, it probably ripped off skin and flesh and muscle, resulting in more suffering for Jesus. Then they said, verse 3, Hail, King of the Jews. And they struck Him with their hands. They began to slap Him. They mocked Jesus 
as being for being the king of the Jews, they began to slap him with their hands. Matthew's gospel tells us they also put a staff or a reed in his hand when they mocked him as the king of the Jews, as you know, like a scepter. And then they took that staff and they began, it says in Matthew, to beat him on the head with that staff. And he's got that crown of thorns on with those, with those thorns, you know, two inches long. And as they are beating him on the head, they're driving those thorns into his scalp. Possibly even driving those thorns into his eyelids. And of course, just causing tremendous blood loss and and pain, unimaginable pain. Uh, Back in Isaiah chapter 50, verse 6, if you're taking notes. Again, another messianic passage. I gave my back to those who struck me and my cheeks to those who who plucked out the beard. I did not hide my face from shame and spitting. So apparently they they ripped out his beard as well. Verse 4, Pilate then went out again. Do you remember the last few weeks I've shown you the picture of the gate that came out of the praetorium to the outside? You guys remember that? Great. And so Pilate is going out to where the religious leaders are gathered outside. And then he's going back into the praetorium and he's coming back out again. So now Pilate came out in verse 4 to the religious leaders and he said to them, Behold, I am bringing him out to you that you may know that I find no fault in him. Again, Pilate declared his innocence. Then Jesus came out, so he came out through that same gate, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, Robe And Pilate said to them, Behold the man. And Pilate thought, once those Jewish leaders see the severity of the scourging, they would be satisfied. And Pilate could release Jesus. So he brings Jesus out and he says, Behold the man. Look at his condition. Look at what I've done to him. He doesn't even look human at this point. Surely this is enough suffering. Therefore, when the chief priests and officers saw him, they cried out saying, Crucify him! Crucify him! And Pilate said to them, You take him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. Again, he declares Jesus' innocence. Then the Jews answered him, Well, we have a law, and according to our law, he ought to die because he made himself the son of God. Of God. They have this law, they say. We have this law, and they're referring to Leviticus chapter 24, verse 16, which is a law about blasphemy. And whoever blasphemes the name of the Lord shall surely be put to death. And they're accusing now Jesus of blasphemy, of making himself the Son of God, which means he's God, he's, he's, he's divine. So now they have a new, a new accusation against Jesus. So when they make this accusation that he makes himself the son of God, he's guilty of blasphemy because he's claiming to be God. Therefore, when Pilate heard that saying, he was the more afraid. So the the Jews introduce a new charge against him. They accused him before of, of claiming to be the king of the Jews and coming against Caesar. Now they claim that he makes himself to be the Son of God, that he claims to be divine, that he's God. And it says, Pilate was the more afraid 
because Jesus claimed he is the Son of God, which means Pilate was afraid of Jesus before, now he's the more afraid of Jesus. Why was Pilate afraid? Well, the Romans were very superstitious about their gods. And they believed, and they had these stories in their, in their history with their gods. They believed that their gods sometimes came down to the earth as a person uh, without telling anybody. And that their gods would come down. Uh, and if you, if you messed with that person not knowing that it was actually a god, the Romans believed well, that, that God would take vengeance on you. Uh, we see an example of this in Acts chapter 14. If you're a note taker, you can jot that down. Acts chapter 14, uh, Paul and Barnabas were in the city of Lystra. And the people of Lystra thought Paul and Barnabas were the gods Jupiter and Mercury. Because Paul healed somebody. And they, and they said, the gods have come down to earth in human form. And they wanted to sacrifice to Paul and Barnabas again because they thought they were the gods Jupiter and Mercury. This was just a, you know, a common belief that the Romans had. So now think about Pilate's situation. Pilate knew that Jesus was innocent. And Pilate just had Jesus severely scourged. And now the Jews mention he's the son of God. <laughs> to which Pilate, I'm sure, said, Wait, what? He's the Son of God? Why didn't you tell me that before I scourged him? So Pilate's the more afraid. Verse 9, he went in again. He goes back into that gate, back into the praetorium. And he said to Jesus, where are you from? Where are you from? If you remember back in chapter 18 when Pilate questioned Jesus, Jesus said, my kingdom is not from this world. So he's already, He already told Pilate he's not from this world and Pilate asks him, where, where are you from? And Jesus, Jesus doesn't answer him. And then Pilate said to him, are you not speaking to me? Do you not know that I have power to crucify you and power to release you? And Jesus answered, you could have no power at all against me unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, the one who delivered me to you has the greater sin. Jesus says, yes, you have power, but your power comes from above. Your power comes from God. Which means you'll have to answer to God one day for how you use that power. You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, it says, What do you have that you did not receive from God? Everything that you have, you receive from God. And one day we will have to give an account to Jesus Christ for what we did with what He gave us. How we stewarded the things that He entrusted to us. So now look at verse 12. Pilate's really spooked at this point. And from that point, Pilate sought to release Jesus. Pilate knew that Jesus was innocent, and now Pilate thought he's possibly divine, he's possibly God. And, and, and so now Pilate, you know, he just wants to release him. Verse 12, from then on, Pilate sought to release him, but the Jews cried out saying, if you let this man go, you are not Caesar's friend. Whoever makes himself a king speaks against Caesar. So now the Jewish religious leaders bring up Caesar. And they say, whoever makes himself a king speaks against Caesar. Now the Jewish leaders hated Caesar. They despised him. They hated the Roman government with a passion. 
They hated the Roman occupation of Israel. But now, all of a sudden, they act loyal to Caesar, and they're, they're concerned about protecting Caesar's authority and Caesar's sovereignty. Now, why do they do this? Well, they're trying to intimidate Pilate. They're trying to intimidate Pilate and pressure him into making a decision in their favor. If the Jews reported to Rome that Pilate had in his custody someone who claimed to be the king of the Jews and challenged Caesar's authority over the Jewish people, and Pilate released that person instead of executing that person, well, Pilate would probably be relieved of his duties as governor and probably something much worse at the hands of of Caesar. So they're applying political pressure now on Pilate. They're, They're threatening his job if he doesn't do what they want. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. And look, this intimidated Pilate enough. Watch what happens here. This intimidated Pilate enough that he immediately tried to close the proceedings. He he tries to just settle this case right now. Look at verse 13. Look what happens. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, when he heard them bring up Caesar, what does it say? He brought Jesus out, back out that gate, and he sat down in the judgment seat in a place that is called the pavement, but in Hebrew, Gabbatha. Remember we talked about the judgment seat that was there? Remember the picture? Now it was the preparation day of the Passover and about the sixth hour, and he said to the Jews, Behold your king. But they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? And the chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. Suddenly they act loyal to Caesar. Pilate's sitting in the judgment seat. He he wants to end this thing. He He doesn't want to get in trouble with Caesar. He doesn't want them to make trouble for him politically with Caesar. And so he's trying to just bring this thing to an end. Now, Matthew's gospel adds a detail here at this point in the story that I think you'll find very interesting. So, turn with me over to Matthew 27. Matthew 27. Pilate at this point does something very deliberate that that may even, it seems to be, in response to what the religious leaders were doing to him. The religious leaders are are playing 
a political card. They're trying to blackmail him. They're playing the Caesar card here. And it's at this point, Matthew's Gospel tells us that Pilate plays his own card. Pilate is going kind of tit for tat with them. And Pilate now tries to play his own card on the Jewish religious leaders. Matthew chapter 27, verse 24, which is, this is where it would be in the story. When Pilate saw that he could not prevail at all, but rather that a tumult was rising, an uproar, a riot, as kind of a, maybe a last ditch effort here, to get the religious leaders to be reasonable, It says he he took water and he washed his hands before the multitude. So in a very symbolic way, again, he's he's sitting, sitting at the judgment seat. Maybe he stands up from the judgment seat and he very symbolically here, and he washes his hands and then note what he says. I am innocent of the blood of this just person. You see to it. And here's how the crowd responded. And all the people answered and said, His blood be on us and our children. And what Pilate did here, he's washing his hands symbolically and saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. That is right out of the Jewish scriptures. That is right out of the Old Testament. He is doing something that the Jewish people do. That's found in Deuteronomy 21. Turn back to Deuteronomy 21. They're playing the Caesar card on Pilate. Pilate's going to play the Deuteronomy card on them. And he's doing something right out of their own law that they know. Those religious leaders know what he's doing. They understand what he's doing. Deuteronomy 21, you have the law concerning an unsolved murder. Law concerning an unsolved murder. Verse 1. If anyone is found slain, lying in the field and the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess, and it is not known who killed him. So you have a murder victim, but you don't know who murdered the person. They find the person dead. Then, uh, verse 2. Then your elders and your judges shall go out and measure the distance from the slain man to the surrounding cities, And it shall be that the elders of the city nearest to the slain man will take a heifer which has not been worked and which is not pulled with a yoke. And the elders of that city shall bring the heifer down to a valley with flowing water which is neither plowed nor sown. And they shall break the the heifer's neck in the valley. Verse 5. Then the priests, the sons of Levi, the religious leaders, shall come near... For the Lord your God has chosen them to minister to him and to bless in the name of the Lord. By their word, every controversy and every assault shall be settled. By the religious leader's word. And all the elders of that city nearest to the slain man shall wash their hands over the heifer whose neck was broken in the valley. Then they shall answer and say, Our hands have not shed this blood. Sound familiar? Nor have our eyes seen it. Provide atonement, O Lord, 
for your people Israel, whom you have redeemed, and do not lay innocent blood to the charge of your people Israel, and atonement shall be provided on their behalf for the blood. So you shall put away the guilt of innocent blood from among you when you do what is right in the sight of the Lord. So, according to the Jewish law, when there was an unsolved murder, somebody's murdered, you don't know who did it, you just find this body, you go to the nearest city, you go to the elders of that city, the elders would make this sacrifice, and then they would symbolically wash their hands with water to declare their innocence. That's what Pilate does. That's what Pilate does. Pilate did, he was acting like an elder of Israel in front of the elders of Israel. And what was he saying? What was he declaring by doing this act? He was declaring that the blood of Jesus Christ would be innocent blood. And that this would be murder if we go through with this. And he washed his hands symbolically. And then what did he pray? He said, I am innocent of the blood of this man. Look at verse 7, Deuteronomy 21, 7. The elders were to wash their hands, and then they were to pray, Our hands have not shed this blood. He's, he's doing what the elders of Israel should do. And so Pilate washed his hands. He declared his innocence. And those religious leaders that were there, they understood the symbolism. They understood the right that he was doing in front of them. They knew that it was according to Deuteronomy 21. And according to Deuteronomy 21.8, after the elders washed their hands and declared their innocence, according to Deuteronomy 21.8, the prayer response of the people should be, O Lord, provide atonement, O Lord, for your people Israel, whom you have redeemed, and do not lay innocent blood to the charge of your people Israel. That's how the people should respond with that prayer. After the elder washes his hand, and after the elder says, uh, you know, our hands have not shed this blood, the people are to respond by saying, do not lay innocent blood to the charge of your people Israel. And those elders that are there outside this, the gate at the judgment seat of Pontius Pilate, they understood what he was doing symbolically. They understood what, what card he was playing, what he was reminding them of from their own law. And they knew that the prescribed response from Deuteronomy 21.8 was for them to pray, do not lay innocent blood to the charge of your people But instead of praying that prayer, the elders of Israel, the leaders of Israel, brazenly responded, Matthew 27, His blood be upon us and our children. We know what you're saying, Pilate. We don't care. We know he's innocent. We know this is murder. Let his blood be upon us. And let his blood be upon our children. And with that, Pilate handed Jesus over to be crucified. And the trial of Jesus comes to an end. Pilate gives in to the political pressure and the intimidation of the Jewish leaders. And Jesus is taken away to be crucified. 
an innocent man dying for guilty people. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. Thanks for joining Pastor Dan today to study the Gospel of John. This book articulates Jesus' life in a unique and powerful way, revealing Christ's deity throughout its pages. John paints a picture of the King of Kings by also showing how he could take the sins of the world with him to the cross. Today, you can have your sins forgiven by Jesus by this death that he already endured. Jesus didn't stay in the grave, though. He rose. He lives now. And he wants a relationship with you. Would you like to know more? Give us a call. We'd be happy to share the joy and freedom waiting for you in Christ. Call us at 410-491-4592. That's 410-491-4592. We'd like to meet you, too. If you live in the Baltimore, Washington area, come worship with us at Calvary Chapel. We gather this Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. Calvary Chapel is located in Columbia, Maryland, only minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. For more information on what you can expect when you visit, go to calvaryec.com. You'll also find more of Pastor Dan's messages at our website. Again, that's calvaryec.com. That's all for today. Join us next time for more from the Gospel of John right here on Ring of Truth. It's true.